good exercise music. Yeah, it yeah. Is. Left. Well, we got to thank Brother Brian Brooks again for feeding the uh, bumper music here on Mornings with Mark and Gabe. <laughs> Matthew Ward, 1979. Nice. Yeah, that's a memory. Pastor Tom Repke is back with us from Linden Road Presbyterian Church. Good morning, Pastor Tom. Good morning, Mark and Gabe. Yeah, great to have you back. Happy Friday. Yeah, Happy thank Friday. you. Yeah, we're not uh, doing Bible study this morning, but we may be looking into scriptures uh, as we as we go. It looks like the folks at Barna have come out with another very interesting survey. They have. And uh, there's a lot coming out of this, not just for the younger in the church, but some of us more seasoned Mature. members of the church. Yeah. Mature is what my so, friend Margaret says. Tell them about what this survey well, is. Well, it's a larger context. So uh, Barna has been doing for a while. Uh, it's a project called um, Open Generation. And you can actually look at, at the larger context of it at opengeneration.info. And where they're just trying to get a sense. And like, as I understand it, David Kinnaman, who I've watched a couple of podcasts with him, just talking about this is like the largest thing they've ever done. Okay. And really trying to get a gauge of where the church is and where the culture is and just where followers of Jesus are in this season post-pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, the truth is before, as we've talked, you know, before the, the pandemic and the shutdown and all that, churches were already struggling to figure out how to engage uh, Gen Z and you know, Gen right. Alpha. So, you know, Gen Z is if you're born 1995 to 2012. Mm -hmm. And Gen Alpha, that's Emmy until... Oh, okay. So now Emmy's generation already has a name? Yes, yeah, Gen, Gen Alpha. Gen Alpha. Oh, boy. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't want to go home and tell her, hey, hey, Emmy, your generation <laughs> has a name now. At least for now, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Don't but tell it, any of them. Right. Yeah, well, exactly. it's just trying to understand. And I think, you know, as parents, you know, and, and I think, too, there's so many different ways we could go with this based on their study in terms of just trying to understand, because it's messy. And I'm, I'm starting a series called Unhindered looking at the book of Acts because okay. the very last word in the book of Acts, which is the second gospel of Luke, just to be right, clear, right. is, is the word unhindered. And in that context of that oh. word is Paul sitting in prison. He's not going to get to Spain. He's not going to go do the things he thought he was going to do. He's on house arrest. And yet the context of where the church is going as he writes his prison epistles is we are unhindered. And it's like, mm, really, really? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. As you think about where our churches are and we're all trying to figure out just this new season and how do we engage and then just all the things. I mean, yeah, just take the last news cycle in the last hour, right, of just like your head wants to explode. Uh, yeah, exactly. So um, I guess the basis of all of this, uh, you mentioned Jesus. Yes. A few minutes ago. Right. As we kind of open this segment. According to the survey done by the Barna Group, and uh, it was explained by David Kinneman, very smart man. Yes, he is. Jesus does not seem to be the problem. No. Everybody likes <laughs> Jesus. Well, not everybody. Right. Right. But the vast majority of Americans, and especially American Christians, love Jesus. Correct. Now, just a statistic. So they, they found that 70% of Gen Z students, so those are born between... 95 and 2012. Right. Okay. Uh, believe in God. Okay. And 63% say that Jesus Christ is important to their lives. 
Now, okay. when they break this down, David says it gets kind of complicated because, you know, do we talk about Jesus as the incarnate son of God? Right. So how they understand it, and that goes to discipleship and other things, mm-hmm. you know, if they're not plugged in and not So growing. they may not understand who Jesus is specifically in a theological or doctrinal Correct. or any kind of organized church sense. Correct. Okay. But uh, out of those same students, those young people, only 37% of them go to church. Okay. Or identify to, with a local church. Interesting. So, and I think too, that this generation and the things that I, I've connected with, you know, because I, I confess I'm a recovering youth pastor, right? <laughs> <laughs> As I t- lead, and I find out there's not a lot of difference between people who are mature and middle school students. Uh, it's oh. just, right? They oh. both are trying to find their place in, in life. Right? Yeah, it got chilly in here all of a sudden. <laughs> Woo! Well, and it's just the context of, okay, what does the church mean today to people? Right. And as we've talked, you know, in the three years that y'all have had, you know, invited me in, and these conversations we've had long before that, of just thinking back to the days of Alan Root and Vacation Bible Express and Right. Yeah. And all that. And all that. And, and it, trying to introduce Jesus to that generation, which would be, uh, they would have been the Gen Z. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and you just think about it. And so it, it doesn't take too much to think about the problem is the church. And and really mm-hmm. the church is us. Capital C. Capital C. It's mm-hmm. us, you know, Pogo, right? We've right. seen the enemy and the enemy is us, I think is how he said it. Right. Um, what do we do with this? And it has to do, and I finished a series a couple months ago just on the idea of got doubt, you know, this mm-hmm. idea, because I just think right now uh, we live, live in a season where folks are just struggling to understand because they're looking at Christians, you know, because we're the gospel, right? We're the little Jesuses. We're supposed to be. Supposed to be. And, mm-hmm. and it's complicated because don't look too close to me, right? Don't don't look at me because I, I'm not perfect and don't mm-hmm. judge the church and the the mission of the church uh, based upon my actions because I'm imperfect. I'm broken. And I think that's part of what the Gen Z kids are seeing. Those young mm-hmm. people are seeing that disconnect. And then you add to it, you know, the, the Mars Hill, you know, the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Right. Is a great indication of just where church is gone. And for those who aren't familiar, Mars Hill church out in Seattle came from nowhere in a Bible study. It, became a multi-site church with over 20,000. Yeah, it was huge. Attending every week. And then it just plummeted. Right. Like a stone because of moral failure on the part of its leader. Right. And even just recently, I listened to this week, uh, Discovery did a whole thing on Hillsong. Right. And it's just, and again, it's, we're broken people, right? And mm-hmm. and how the church is, when you look at the book of Acts, I'm not sure the church as we understand it today is really what, what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. So openness to Jesus isn't the problem. The church, capital C, is. We're going to find out what at least David Kinneman and the folks over at Barna think can help us dig out of this hole in just a couple of moments. Pastor Tom Repke with us again on a Friday morning here on Mornings with Mark and Gabe. You live through frustration, enjoy cooking, but hate cleaning up, love pets and hate pet hair, love the outdoors and hate to mow. There's always bad things to live through when you want something better. 
When things aren't perfect, you have a new opportunity to learn. Be grateful for the good outcome. God specializes in those. Your partnership is part of our good outcome. Your help always comes at a great time. From Heartfelt Radio 91.9 FM. It is the 20th day without rainfall and we'll go 21, but after that, we'll break the string. Hazy sunshine today, the high 72, sunshine tomorrow, 79. Clouds will increase and thicken Sunday. Some showers are possible late. And the temperature creeping upwards now. We're at 59 degrees here in the All-America City of Barberton under partly cloudy skies. We can slip from the 70s to the 80s seamlessly here with our bumper music. Mm-hmm. Steve Taylor. Yeah. Meltdown at Madame Tussauds. So, uh, we are looking at a little bit of a meltdown here uh, as we talk about what's going on in the church capital C. Because we obviously have, according to this latest Barna survey, a huge gap between those who have positive feelings about Jesus and those who have positive feelings about the capital C church. So, Tom, what do we do? Pray. Well, that's a good start. Mm. <laughs> Always read the instruction book, right? Right, and I think we have to look in the mirror. I think, you know, it has to do with, again, who is the church? Remember the little hand thing you learned in Sunday school? You know, oh, yes. Uh, here's, the, you know, here's the door, here's the people, you know, the steeple, you know, all that. Um and it, when we look at that, that's where it's messy. And I think that's part of the journey that we're on, even thinking about doubt. And I think that's really where it's at is you know, letting people ask hard questions and just be okay with that. And I think even when we think about the cultural mess that we're in, it just, right now, it seems like there's so much chaos. And yet, God's in charge. So, you know, I just finished this, uh, just before this book of Acts, I did a, a three-week study on the book of Esther. And you know, the interesting thing about the book of Esther is God's not mentioned once. Right. Right. But the beauty of just how she operated her life and how Mordecai operated his life, God was very much on the throne and in control. And to this day, they celebrate a festival in honor of all that took place in the Jewish community. So I don't know. It's, 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 it's hard stuff. And it's like we set up these systems and processes and, and it's hard to change those. And so that I just really think it's how do we create conversations with people in our communities is really what it's about. Where does Kinnaman suggest we take a, a first, you know, get the shovel in the ground and at least get started? Well, it's about engagement and we've okay. talked about that. And it really is about looking beyond this hypocrisy that a lot, many people see. That's where, when you look at the survey data, of just some of the things that are on, you know, where they start, they, they start okay with an idea of Jesus, but then you get into pastors and, you know, communities and celebrities, mega churches yeah, yeah, and all that messiness. So he says, we need to look at ourselves and begin to reflect on really what is it that we're, we're walking in. Are we being faithful to, to the, the, the call that we have each of us on our own life to be, you know, faithful followers of Jesus. And if we do that, Individually, then when we gather corporately, it takes on a whole different perspective. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I know you guys are looking at me. Yeah. I've been quiet. You're thinking. I I can tell. I don't really have anything 
nice to say here. So, you oh. know what I mean? It's kind of one of those And your things. mom always taught you. That's right. Exactly. If you don't well, have anything nice to say, don't. I, I think being authentic <laughs> and being real in this moment, because I think we all know, I mean, it's just our churches, I, and it, it, you know, Rick Warren says that the local church is the best delivery agent for change in every community. Mm-hmm. But I think the day of expecting people to come to the building, it, it's just a whole different, a whole different thing. Okay, that is one thing. And the other thing that I've I've talked to other pastors on this, and one of the answers that keeps coming back to me is pastors seem to tell me, when I stick to the gospel, and when we stick to the gospel, right, and teach about Jesus, yes, and his message and what he wanted from us and what he said, I'm in I'm in a good place. But when we as churches, some of these pastors have said, begin to start getting topical, right? then people are kind of shutting off the lights in their brain and taking off. Now, what are you, what are you referring to when you say topical? Are you talking about like political things? When we start to get political, yeah. Yeah, well, that's one of my biggest problems, especially the last few years. Right. The, the church became very political. And uh, our, reputa- our reputation precedes us, and it's not good. Correct. And then Ouch. we came all out and all on, you know, the news, and right. uh, we looked terrible. We looked terrible. Uh, we went too, too political. And it was kind of like, I thought, you know, being a Christian, you know, Trump's being... A, a Republican or a Democrat. It does. Uh, and we, we lost that. It's a higher kingdom. We lost that. Right. And I think that's. And, and, and at the same time, as the as Christians are speaking out, they're saying they're Christians. Right. So, you know, it was quite embarrassing. It was. Yeah. Still is. It is embarrassing. And you think about, like, for example, I, I just did. When I got up this morning, was you know going scrolling through the social media and and uh, Jesus Revolution, the movie is now premiering in Rome. Oh, okay. Wow. And I saw a really cool video of a bunch of people who were walking down some narrow hall, you know, walkway over there in the city of Rome that were singing, you know, Jesus Revolution for my city, Jesus Revolution for my t- for my community, Jesus Re- Revolution for my neighborhood. And when you think about how the Jesus Revolution movie was a little bit different in terms of the the authenticity, you know, the messiness of Greg Laurie's life, mm-hmm. you know, the right. fact that he came out of the drug culture, you know, he got a little, you know, vignette of of Timothy Leary and you know Janis Joplin and and just the reality of all the and what was he looking for? But he was looking for a place and purpose, and I think that's where back to the, the people that that you know Kinnaman's talking to, and again. This isn't just one separate thing. He actually is part of a good friend of mine, Greg Steer, who has a ministry called Dare to Share in Colorado. Mm-hmm. He just was in Africa where uh, helping to not bring the gospel from an American context to Africa, but actually going to Africa with his team of, of people from Dare to Share to help train up Africans to take the gospel. There's 340 million kids, young adults in Africa, on the continent of Africa, and they gathered a couple thousand pastors together there to say, how do we take the gospel? How do we take the hope of Jesus back to the very core? Mm-hmm. Like take the message. Now the method of how we do that, that's, you know, that changes, right. In terms of how we communicate that, but not 
that the, the core context is that Jesus came, even the idea of what, what's the story of the book of Acts about? It's, it's about the resurrection of Jesus, right? And the power that that brings to us through the Holy Spirit to change our world. And, you know, we sit here today even because of what Paul, you know, led into from prison. And, and so trying to understand those things, though, it, it gets messy because, it's, again, it always goes back to this, where am I at in my personal walk with God? And if I'm living into that, I'm going to figure out how to relate to my, my children if they're in the home or my, my, my neighbor kids, the teenagers around, around my home, you know, in my community, in my neighborhood. And it's, it's complicated, but it's supposed to be. We, we want the simple st- steps. And that's, I think, part of where we've come from outside of the pandemic is really understanding it's not about the buildings. It really what these young people mm-hmm. are looking for is they want place and purpose. And that's not a building. You know, I when you were talking about that and talking about what the book of Acts is really all about, I think we all need as believers a Gamaliel to stand up. And, you know, like he did in Acts chapter 5, you know, these people, they wanted to kill the disciples. Right. And Gamaliel stands up, a Pharisee, and he says to the men of Israel, Take care what you're about to do with these men. And then he describes some uprisings that had happened before. But he says, in this present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this understanding is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. Mm -hmm. You might even be found opposing God. Mm -hmm. So they took his advice. I hope that when we are examined, I hope that when people examine this radio station, they find it is of God. And that if they were to oppose what happens at this radio station, they'd be fighting against him. Because we want to be in that place. We're here, you know, you've talked about this radio station being here, Tom, for such a time as this. Right. Right. And if we are doing this on our own you know, trying to make this happen on our own and force it, it's going to fail. Right. It, it's dependent upon the Holy Spirit. Right. And that's the thing. Jesus, it's just an incredible story as I'm leaning into it. You're reading some commentaries. It's like, this is crazy. And even Eugene Peterson says, all the guy, all of Luke's second gospel, which we, we break it up. You know, there's the mm-hmm. book of John in between uh, Luke and, and, and Acts, but it, mm-hmm. it, it really is intended to be the second volume. Right, and, and we're supposed to see it. And in fact, when you look at it the way Luke wrote it, it's very similar. There's six movements in the Gospel of Acts of, of Luke, and there's six uh, movements in the go- in the in the in the Book of Acts. And looking at those things and understanding it, and then understanding too that we have to pay. You know, I'm looking here at Mark chapter four. Jesus says, "Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more." Mm. And it's our responsibility. So, again, it's about being in the word. It's about paying attention to it. Because when we look at the messiness in our culture, um, and not to go too far into it, but just take the whole transgendered issue of how that's just everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. Target lost $9 billion. That's that's just crazy. But it it has to do with, okay, yeah, and then even the stranded conversation for that, that that impacts sales, which impacts employment, which impacts investment. I mean, there's all these stranded things that come from Mm -hmm. it that we have to, okay, and and really, okay, boycott, I I get it. But on the other hand, it's like, how do we live in community with each other? 
And what are we called to be a part of? And I think it's this paying close attention to the gospel. What does it really look like to love our neighbor? And that's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking too, you know, there's so many different thoughts. The, this whole, he gets us campaign that's been out there, you know, this Started large with the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a billion dollars. It's the largest marketing campaign ever undertaken. Intentionally, the people who are funding it, the, some names are known, like the folks from Hobby Lobby and others, but uh-huh. they intentionally have not put their name on it because they don't want to detract from the gospel. And yet, at the same time, it makes people uncomfortable because it, it looks different. It doesn't feel like what a church Christian commercial should look like. But the most yeah. recent one is called Unconditional Love, and it's just these amazing pictures and I've, I've had to watch it like a dozen times. It, it appeared on Memorial Day weekend, and, and it was just like, okay, what are they? And it's just interesting. It shows a picture of a man changing a baby's diaper in the back of a car. Hmm. And it's like, really? And you can tell the guy's homeless. And it's like, really? You know, who's taking care of that, that person? You know, who's offering him love and care and compassion? So I think what Kinnaman's tapped on, and it's, it's a larger understanding, is really, okay, how do we as God's people be faithful to the call of the gospel which is to bring Jesus to bear the hope of the gospel. The fact that he, even in his own call to ministry, he came to bind up the brokenhearted, right? Set the Mm -hmm. captives free. I used this line once already this week. I don't, I can't remember what was on the air or in social media, but it's something that Michael Card once wrote that when Jesus takes over our life, then I disappear. It's almost like John 3.30, that he must increase, I must decrease. As Jesus takes over my life, I disappear, and only Jesus can be seen. Amen. That's what we're aiming for. Right. As a church, capital C, we have to be above the world. Right. We're operating on a different plane for a different reason, a different purpose, and a different outcome. And if we can keep sight of that, I think we have a chance. Mm-hmm. We also have to be, you know, that the church hurt, which we know about. Is right. Huge. Yikes. Yeah. And um, I, I think that comes from a private place where you're thinking, okay, I'm doing this. And you don't think anybody can see it because it's not on a Sunday or a Wednesday mm-hmm. when we're all at church. You know, it's done behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But it hurts and it affects generations. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, when you take that pastor in the back, uh, you know, in a, in a room in the church and say certain things or you're doing things behind the scenes and whatever, while well, you're hurting the pastor, you're hurting the pastor's family. Uh, you know what I mean? I and do. then the other people that know about it, you know, which is the the elders' wives and the elders' kids. Right. The, you know what I mean? So it's like yes. you did this one little thing. All these people know about it. That spreads out through generations. As Christians, we're not supposed to make each other fall. But that will make a lot of people fall. Correct. And that, and you know, so you end up these little things. A lot of times it's those little things that you do. And, well, again. And I've seen it. I've seen people that I respected and sure. loved. And then I well, hear look they at the did movie. this one little thing and they just kind of wipe out. You well, can wipe out a generation of people. Right. I mean, the, go back to Jesus' revolution. I, I, we all sat there, I'm sure, in that one scene, you know, where uh, Lonnie shows up, right, in church. And the first concern is they don't have shoes on. They're, yeah, they're getting the carpets dirty. <laughs> right. Like, 
Right. What? Yeah. And so, yeah. what is what is you know, what does he do? Washes their feet. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, now we're inconvenienced because we have to stand outside now the door. Now we have to wait. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, you're exactly. washing their feet. Right. But it's yeah. just this whole, and I get it. I mean, it, it, it's a perspective and it's grounded in what people experienced growing up of what church was, mm-hmm. but it's just in this day. And, you know, culture is changing so quickly. Yes. It is. That's true too. And it's because of social media, right? I mean, last time here we talked a little bit about, you know, why is there so much anger in the world? And it's because mm-hmm. it's all there. there mm-hmm. There's no disconnect. We see everything now. Right. And so it's the broken. But even that scene where, you know, in the you know, with the daughter, right, uh, of uh, Chuck's daughter trying to figure out her own journey. And she's the one that brings Lonnie home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, dude, this is a great house, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good vibe. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, but it, it, it resonates with us. And that's why I think the movie did so well, because it was a much different kind of movie than has come out before from the Irwin brothers, you know, in terms of just mm-hmm. the things, it, it was real and raw. And I think that's what Generation Z and Generation Alpha is looking for, is this idea of authenticity and real. And when they see yeah. the brokenness, but I think you also have to admit we're broken. Yeah. Yes, you we know, are. We, we've totally messed this thing up. Mm-hmm. And thank God that he sent the Holy Spirit to sort of guide us through this, because even though we've screwed it up, uh, he's still in charge. You know, and, yeah. and that's been the story since Genesis, right? We have to do better and we have to do it. I mean, it literally has to be one person at a time. You have to examine your heart. You know, you know what you Amen. may have done. Ding, 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 did, ding. You know what I mean? Right, yep. yeah. You have to examine your heart and yeah, God will forgive you, forgive yourself and do better. And Gabe nailed it. In order to make church big C something that the respondents to this survey would respond differently to if the survey was given five years from now. Right. It's going to take one by one, one by one. Yeah. Right. Well, and he has, David's put together, the organization has a handout that's, that's called Restoring the Church's Reputation. It's a field guide. You can get it. It's off of the website. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, one of the questions he says, you know, f- to process this is, are you walking the talk? In your personal reflection time, write about any areas where you feel you need to confess to your own shortcomings mm-hmm. and humbly ask for help for change. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to do that. I, mean, I don't want to admit that I've problem. fallen short. And, yeah. we, and we all do it with our phones. I mean, we're all, we've all done the Instagram, set up the picture, right? Put the coffee in the right place. And, you know, we all do it mm-hmm. <laughs> on my bike, or, mm-hmm. right? Because we want people to perceive that. But it's like, that's not real life. You know, life, life is messy. And mm-hmm. I think that's the permission that we need to give others to say, no, I, I don't have it figured out. And I think that's the journey the church has been on for so long is like, well, you only when you earn the right, you know, did you get to be able to take on the mantle of leadership? And it's like, no, yeah. that's we not the way it works. We don't have humility. When we come into the church, there's the humility is not there. So if, you know, you're coming in like you're this great Christian and then, you know, you're over the kitchen. So. Can't nobody come in the kitchen or, uh, you know, this person is running things, you know, those kind of that's the kind of thing women see. That's what women Mm. see in the church. You know, this is the mother of the kitchen and bring your food in and put it here. Oh, no, we don't want that. You know, just little things that hurt people, you know, or putting certain people in. you know, it's just, uh, you know, let the little girl that wants to come in and help in the kitchen, give her something to do. Don't kick her out. Right. You know what I mean? It, those are the kind of things. I've literally seen this happen where a new person at the church, she wanted to come and help. Oh, yeah, we don't we don't need any help. We got it covered. 
You know what I mean? Things like that. That's not showing love. That, no, exactly. That's being mean. Well. You know, it, it's, those are the things, and those are the things that make people not come back. Sure, right. That one thing can do it. Right. That's, there's no humility in that. That's, that's not humble. That's you running things. Well, and that's where I think Kinnaman Running and in that Bar- little bit of power. Barna can really help us to sort of give us a pers- picture. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't like this picture. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Because I want my place. I want my, my outpost, my kingdom outpost, you know, at the corner of Linden and Maple to be a place that is welcoming mm-hmm. to everyone. Now, we're going to talk about some things because I have certain views that I think scripture teaches about how we do life. But I also, you know, I see this when I go into the jail. I mean, it's just interesting. Men are really hungry for trying to figure out what does it mean to be a good dad? Mm-hmm. Wow. And I really screwed it up. You know, I'm going, but it, but I even had a dad this week who he's finally figuring it out. He, and he's looking at a, at a four-year prison sentence for drug use. But he actually said the thing that moved him this week in a whole different way is that the system finally has allowed him to have conversation with his four-year-old son. Mm-hmm. And okay. his son is saying, Dad, when are you coming home? Mm. And he said, it broke my heart. But at the same time, and I said, well, okay, now here's your responsibility. God knows where you're at. You, he knows where you're going to be. It's going to require more out of you. Lean in. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to figure out and, and make a commitment. And when you get to prison, there's all sorts of programs they have available there. Take advantage of them. Yeah. Prison Fellowship and others that are doing great ministry. Pastor Tom Repke <laughs> joining us once again. And thank you, Tom. It is. Can you pray us into this Friday and into this weekend as we think about how what happens in Church, capital C, is going to have to start with me. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, this is so overwhelming. And yet, uh, Father, we know that you guide us in every step. Even as I mentioned the book of Esther, that you're not mentioned there, but yet every aspect of Esther's life was protected by you. And so we we pray for each of us in the days that you've called us to be a part of. The things you've given us opportunity, the relationships, the conversations we'll have here even later today, over the weekend, the things we'll experience. But in all those things, we just know that we are inadequate. And yet we know your Holy Spirit, as we celebrated Pentecost a couple weeks ago, came to indwell in us to give us power. And the same power that raised you out of the grave, Jesus, is available to us. And so let us live into that and lean into that and let us be the kingdom. And let our brokenness even be a point of authenticity with those around us to say, yeah, I'm broken and come along with me because uh, there's hope. And so, Jesus, thank you for the promise that you've made and is sure as you sit uh, on your throne in heaven. We just pray your strength now through all that we do in your most precious name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Now, let me say, everything I said, I said in love because I love you guys. Oh, I know. That's love. You know. That's real love. And I knew this, you know, when he told me what our conversation was going to be, I was thinking, oh, boy. Let me try to, let me reel it in. Don't, you know, well, I'm yesterday like, oh, you said, my, my, my. Well, as a pastor's daughter, you've yeah. seen all this right in front of your face. And as a pastor who has had people talking about him in the back rooms, yes. and I know those stories, Tom. Yeah. And sometimes to your face, I'm sure. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you two have experienced it in a way that I never have. Yeah. Well, it's thank you. I mean, it's with kindness, and I receive that. And it's just like, I, I just, life is, you know, God, this is amazing. I, I don't even talk about it because it's just so amazing, the opportunities we have, and yet I'm mm-hmm. so frustrated by the fact that we could get caught up on all the things that don't matter. 
Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. it. That's mm-hmm. you just nailed it. So bring the kingdom. Most of the problems are around things that don't matter. Right. So the message is the same. It's yeah. the method, the the idea of how we communicate that, and it starts first with us. I love everybody, and I want us all to do better. Right. That's all we can do. Start there. Remember we had a uh, perfect song earlier in the program to follow what we were talking about? Mm. I think I found another one. Okay. And it just happened to be in this morning's playlist, Casting Crowns. What a coincidence.